Hey, so this past Sunday, we uh, met together, um, our whole church as one large group at my wife and I's house, and we did a Bible study around Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and the following recording is after that Bible study, after we read through the passage and after we talked about it and uh, figured out how to apply it to our lives, and then I shared uh, just kind of the next phase for our church for the rest of uh, 2022. But here's the passage that we read, and then uh, we'll pick up right where uh, this recording started on Sunday. Acts 2:42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. All right. You know, I wanted to read this passage because... Um, this is a perfect picture of the church. This is when the church first began. And this is what people did without any instruction, I think. Like, hey, you're supposed to do this. It was like, because we're following Jesus, this is just what we do. It's like an overflow, an outflow of our relationship with Jesus. And so we see, man, what's the natural thing Christians do when they start following Jesus? And it's right here. It's Acts 2, 42 through 47. And I wonder, as we have read this several times, and you look at how these people are living, how many of you, and you might not raise your hand on this, because you might be like, I don't know, that's, that's more of a commitment than I want to make, or that seems scary, I don't know. But how many of you, you, you read and you see the example of these early Christians, and say, I, wanna, I would want to be in on that. Like, if I was there back then, and there was this movement that was going on, I, I would want to be a part of that. All right, three, four, some of us, okay. Um, this seems exciting to me, right? Um, like, I just think if I was there back then, I'd want to be a part of something like this. It would stretch me. It would challenge me because I, I want stuff, and I don't know if, I want to, I don't know, it, it, sell, selling something and giving it, that's, that's, a, that's a stretch for me. That would that'd be a, a growth opportunity for me. Um, me and Irene, we bought this house because we wanted to use it to have people over. Um, and we were looking for an open floor plan as possible so we could do groups and stuff like that. And so the meeting together is something that... Um, that I would really like, but then there's sometimes where I just don't want to meet with anybody. Uh, there's sometimes where, <laughs> uh, you know, because because it's tough, some it's difficult. But man, I see this and it's like, I would want to be a part of this, for real. And that's why, in in starting journey, our our mission is um, to help people meet Jesus and journey with Him. 
And, and what we see here in this passage is that people are meeting Jesus and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And then they're journeying with him. And, and we see what that journey looks like in the way that they're living. Their, their lives change. They get new routines, you know, um, new priorities. And they're journeying with him. And this is a community where I find it fascinating. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. One of the things it doesn't say in this passage is that they went out and told people about Jesus. It doesn't say that they took out marketing ads or anything like that. It doesn't say that they put up signs or, uh, or, or any of that stuff. It doesn't say they share their faith. They were just living this way. And it seems like from the passage, people saw how they were living and they were like, I want in on that. Because that's revolutionary. That's transformative. I want a life like what you have. And it's, it's almost like, and I'm just, I'm guessing, like people came to them and, and were like, how do, why do you have joy? Because I don't have that. Hey, I notice you're real patient. Where do you get that patience from? Uh, there's something about you that's different. And then my guess is that those people just say, oh, let me tell you. It's because I met this man, Jesus, and I've been following him. And, and that's why, here, you should come and see. Come and see. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I look at my own life, and I just wonder, if I wasn't a pastor, I didn't tell people I'm a Christian, would, would people look at my life and say, I want what you have? How do I get that? I hope so. I hope I'm living in a way that uh, is inspiring towards others and wants people to become more like Jesus, and so they would ask. But, but I see this, and... Um, Man, this is my desire for our church, that we would be these kind of people. I want this for myself. I hope you want it for yourself. This is the kind of church that we want to be, not a, a, a place where we, we gather together for, for some singing and a, and a talk, and, and, and that's it. but like this revolutionary movement where we take what we experience on a Sunday morning, whether it's in groups or in a service, we take it with us throughout the week and... Uh, people in our workplaces notice, uh, people in our family notice, and like we are bringing bits and pieces of heaven here to earth. Jesus teaches us to pray. He said, and when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does God's will and kingdom come here to earth? It's when I live it out. And so my hope is that we would be the kind of people who would be so inspired that we would say, I want to I want to live the life of heaven here and now. And people see that and this transformation takes place. And, and I really believe that transformation happens in circles and inspiration happens in rows. So you've probably heard me say this. Inspiration happens in rows. Transformation happens in circles. And um, one of the things that got me thinking about how do we get more people in circles because it's so important, is uh, just back in 2020 with the pandemic, uh, a lot of churches experienced this where, where Christians who were coming to their churches, uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, we weren't gathering on Sunday mornings. Uh, everything was online. People started watching online. But during uh, the pandemic in 2020, a lot of people used that time to either change churches or stop going to church altogether. And uh, when churches started meeting again, uh, a lot of churches reported seeing like 50% of people return, 60% of people return. And some of that is, okay, we're not sure about COVID yet or anything like that, but here we are, 
uh, a couple of years after 2020 and uh, churches that were at whatever attendance haven't returned to that. Um, and there's a lot of people, churches are reporting and I've seen as well, who never got back into church. They just got out of the habit of it. And so I started thinking, why, why is that? Because what we see of early Christians here in Acts 2, 42 through 47, who, who are living in the Roman Empire, which is a government that was way more harsh than ours. These were an occupied people, the Israelites. They were ruled by the Romans. When hard things happen, they banded together. What I saw during the pandemic is when a hard thing happened, a lot of Christians uh, got sifted and then they drifted. And now they're not part of a community anywhere. And so back in August, we started this experiment to see how do we get more people in circles? Because uh, I don't want to have a church of just attenders. I want to have a church of disciples where people are, are learning and growing. And, um, and that can happen on a Sunday morning when you hear a sermon. You get inspired. But I know for years I've preached sermons and people came and heard sermons and went back to their same crappy marriage and nothing changed. They came and heard sermons and they went back to their same life dissatisfied. They got a little inspired for Monday, but that was about it. But it's when we get around in a circle and we say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? How are we going to change? What, what, what measurable step do I need to take this week to make some progress in my life? That's when like real transformation happens. How many of you, this might backfire on me, I don't know, because this is all like my, my hypothesis. How many of you, since we've been in groups, got to know more people than you did before by being in a group? Okay, good, good. So you expanded your circle. You got, how many of you got to hear stories that you didn't hear before? You got to know what's going on in people's lives. Do you feel closer with some of the people in the circle? Yeah, that's good. Um, how many of you feel like you've seen life change happen in your life because you've been in a group? Okay, good. So most of you. <laughs> um, so what I, what I was doing earlier this year was, was just looking and saying, okay, we've got to get people in, in circles to help that transformation happen. Because before we did this experiment, so, so we launched back uh, March, March 20. Earlier this year, we launched with 132 people, which is really great. Um, and typically in launching a church, we're a brand new church. You guys know that, right? We're not even a year old yet. So I just want to tell you about church planting. Typically uh, in a brand new church, you'll launch and you'll have a big launch day. And then you'll go down to about half that and then start to build from there. And so we, we saw a, a similar thing. Uh, we dropped down to about 70 people coming on Sundays. Um, and then we started doing groups during the week. And um, uh, as we started doing groups during the week, um, our attendance in our groups was just not good. Uh, we had like 19 people. Uh, I'm sorry, 13, 8, 14, like in our weekly groups. And about 17% of our church was in groups. And I said, we got to get people in groups because transformation happens in circles. And um, I got together with our staff and uh, some other key team members, and we just brainstormed 
what are the pros and cons of doing groups on Sunday morning uh, every other week and then service every other week? And we came up with this list of pros and cons. All the pros were really great. All the cons were more preference type things that would uh, make this not a good experiment. And we said, let's experiment with it. Let's see what, what, what happens. And so back in August, we started this experiment, uh, which is countercultural to how church is done in, our, in, our, in America, right? And church in America is a service Sunday morning, and that, that's church. Church is the people, and so I think you know that. We've, we've, I think we've done a good job of explaining that and really continuing to bring that to the forefront. But the church is the people, and um, when we started this experiment, um, we saw our involvement in groups go up, which is really great. That's what we wanted. Um, and since starting this experiment, we've averaged about 50 people in groups. Um, a that's an average, like some weeks were, were high, others were low, but right, the real numbers are like 45 people. Right now in this circle, I think there's 31, including the baby. And then we got kids in there, so probably around 40, 41 maybe. I'm not sure how many kids are in there. Uh, so about 41. Um, and what we saw in our, our services, and so we track all this data, what we saw in our services was um, our 13-week average attendance went from about 69 people on a Sunday morning coming to service to right now about 56 people coming to service right now. Um, and our mission as a church is to help people meet Jesus and journey with Him. We want to be the kind of church where the Lord adds to their number daily those who are being saved. Um, and when we first launched, we saw four people get baptized within the first month. Uh, I think it was 13 um, in June. And um, since then, we haven't seen baptisms that I'm hoping for. Um, and we've seen our attendance go down since doing this experiment. And so we want to be a church where people meet Jesus. More and more people are being added to our number daily, those who are being saved. And we want to be a church where people are journeying with Jesus and they're seeing life change happen in their life. And so I think we're seeing some of that life change happen. I think you're seeing it. I think you're an example of that. But uh, what we've seen in looking at the data is that we have a core group of people who will show up on, to groups on Sunday and service. We have a core group of people you're here, who will show up to groups and service on Sunday, but then there's, uh, there are people on the outskirts who will just show up to service on Sunday. And right now we're doing a service every other week. And so we're missing some of those people. We're missing some of that opportunity. And, some of the, and those people, we care about those people too, and we want them to be plugged in and involved as much as we can. And then there's people who we've seen, uh, like when it comes to groups, um, I think we've had one or two first-time guests come through groups. Most of our first-time guests have come through a service. And so with us doing a service every other week, we're missing a lot of first-time guests who, it's a step to come to a group, to show up at somebody's house. I, I was just talking with somebody this week who, um, she wanted to come, her, her and her therapist were, were talking, and she was like, oh, you got to go to this guy's church. And then she reached out to me and I was like, yeah, we're having groups this week. Here's the information. 
she emailed me last week or last night and she was like, I really wanted to come, but given my past and my anxiety, I wasn't sure about being in a group of people. Can I just come when you have a service? And I was like, yeah, you know, because I understand that coming to a group can be a big step for people. So here's, here's what we've seen. We've seen that there's a core group of people who will come uh, to groups and service, and then there's people on the outskirts who will just come to a service, and then there's a lot of first-time guests who come just to service. And so we want to be a church that helps people meet Jesus and journey with Him. We started this six-month experiment, but we're, um, I think we have the data that we need to, um, to move forward with what we've learned without going the full six months. What we've learned is that we have a core group of people who will come to groups and service. We have people who are on the outskirts who will just come to service. We've also seen our attendance go down since doing this experiment. And so right now we have a great launch team in terms of our numbers and size, uh, but we want to reach more and more people. And it's going to take all of us to make that happen. And so what we're going to do after I talked with my oversight team, after looking at the data, after putting a survey out and asking people how their experience has been with this, is uh, I love this model. Service one week, groups the next week, the church meeting every week. Um, I love that we've seen more people get involved in groups than we had uh, during the week. So I love this model. What we're going to do though, because it's not about what I love or what I want, it's about how do we help people meet Jesus and journey with Him. What we're going to do is, uh, beginning next week, we're going to go back to service every single week, uh, and then we're going to transition to groups during the week. And some of those groups during the week may meet every week. They may meet every other week. And so me and Irene's group will meet every other Thursday night. So we won't meet every, every week. We'll meet every other Thursday night. I'm leading a guys group every other Thursday as well. Um, but we'll give you the information about weekly groups that are going to take place. Um, and we're making that decision just based on we want to be a church that helps people meet Jesus and journey with Him, and the helping people meet Jesus has slowed significantly um, and has started to decline, and we want more and more people coming to meet Jesus. So we're going to do service every week to give a bigger front door for people to walk in uh, and be first-time guests and, and be known. Um, so we're going to make that transition beginning next week. What questions do you have about that decision or what thoughts do you have? Yeah. So are you keeping the groups that are available or are we sticking with the current groups? We're sticking with the current groups, yeah. They'll just, um, so in talking with those group leaders, um, we need to determine a good, a day for them and day and time, yep, that's it. Yeah, so we'll talk with um, group leaders to find out the best day and time for them, and maybe it's night. There may be some um, where, uh, and so right now we have three or four group leaders, and we have some in the pipeline. If anybody's interested in leading a group and says, hey, I'd love to do a Saturday group, like during the day, or I'd love to do a, a Tuesday morning group, we can, we're totally open for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And leading a group is easy. We, uh, so I just did it this morning. Uh, it's a discovery Bible study method. We ask the same questions every time. Um, and what's great about that is 
uh, there's new insight every time because we're reading a new passage every time. So anybody can lead a group. Yeah. So right now, um, all of our groups are the same thing. It's a discovery Bible study method that we just talked about. And they look back to the sermon on Sunday so that together, collectively as a church, we can all go in the same direction. Now, there are going to be times and seasons where we offer something uh, different. So like in January, we're going to do Financial Peace University. Uh, and that's to help people uh, with finances, get out of debt, all that. And so that'll be a special group. Um, like I said, I'm leading a Thursday night guys group right now. Um, and there have been a couple ladies nights that have happened. But um, right now, our current plan is to do groups uh, using the Discovery Bible Study Method. And so if somebody said, hey, I want to do a group based on this book or this, uh, I don't know, we'll... Uh, we can we can look at that in the future, but right now we want to focus on on this method. Yeah, that's a good question. Rick would lead a group, but we have to do it at your house. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Okay, we'll just open up our house all every time. Yeah. So, so that's where we're headed to service every week. Now, to make this even more sustainable, we're moving towards an every other week rotation in terms of serving. And so right now we currently have 33 people who are serving uh, on our rosters. In order for us to be at an every other week rotation, we need 39. So if we have 39 people serving, we can be on an every other week rotation. So you're not serving every single week. Uh, but you serve one week, and then you come to service next week. Preferably, you bring somebody with you the next week. So you serve one, you bring one. Serve, bring. Um, and so if you're not currently signed up to serve to help make what we're doing more sustainable, I'd ask for you to use the gifts God has given you to make a difference and to begin serving um, so that we can be on every other week rotation. And then as we continue to reach more people and grow we'll be able to add to those numbers, those who aren't just being saved, but also those who are serving as well. So if you're not currently serving, please start. <laughs> Here's the uh, last thing. Um, we're averaging about 56 people and we're seeing life change happen. But I wanna see more and more people meet Jesus and journey with him. And in order to do that, it means we need to reach more people. And so we have to spread the word. So here's the initiative for the rest of this year till the end of December. Here's my goal. For our church to see 100 first-time guests by the end of the year, beginning this, this last quarter. So October, November, December. Let's see 100 first-time guests come through our doors. That's nine first-time guests every week. If we saw 100 first-time guests come through our doors, we'd reach more people, don't you think? Hopefully, we'd grow from a 56-week average attendance to 75. Can we get to 100? 
by the end of the year, that's a, that's a big goal. But it's attainable if we go all in. And so here's, here's what we're going to do. As I was thinking about this and just praying about this, um, it was like, all right, 100 first time guests by the end of the year. And then I realized that I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> so this is why we're meeting together, because I need your help. We need your help. Here's what we're going to do as a church. Top, up top, and then how, how it trickles to you. We're going to, uh, because we want to see people meet Jesus and journey with him, because we want to see God add to our number daily, those who are being saved, because we want to see life change in people's lives, what we're going to do is we're going to make it easy for people to find our church by every week sponsoring Google ads and social ads. So we're going to sponsor that. So our church gets in front of more people. That also makes it easier for you to invite people because maybe your friend saw a social ad or you see one of our ads and you share it, um, or you just share our posts, and then when you talk to your friend, you get to say, hey, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I'm part of this church, so it makes your invite easier because they've seen something before you say something. So we're gonna do sponsored Google ads and social ads. We're gonna do yard signs out in the Lynn Haven area. And so these are those. Um, and we have a bunch of these, and I'm going to create a team of people who on Friday, you just go out and we'll have different places for you to put the signs. Um, you'll, we'll have a map and everything. You just go, stick it in the ground for people to see, and then on Sunday, we take it back up, because if not, the city will take it back up and throw it away, and then we won't have any more. So, but we're going to do yard signs every weekend. So as people are driving by, they see Journey Church. Um, we're going to do some different guerrilla marketing things beginning uh, the weekend of Halloween. And so uh, instead of doing a trunk or treat kind of event where we all decorate our cars and have people come to us, we're going to go to the people in our neighborhood and do reverse trick or treating. And so what I'm asking you to do is to buy two bags of candy, put them in little Ziploc bags with an invite card that we're going to give you next week, and just go to 50 of your neighbors. Just walk down the street on Friday night, Saturday, dress up in a costume if you want, knock on their door, say, hey, just doing some reverse trick-or-treating. We want to give you candy, and uh, here's an invite for our church. It's that simple. You get some exercise, you get to meet your neighbors, and you get to dress up and uh, spread the word. We have the potential. If 40 people did this, just for 50 of their neighbors, we have the potential to spread the word to 2,000 people in two nights. That's it, right? Um, so we're going to do yard signs, Google ads, social ads. We'll do reverse trick-or-treating the weekend of Halloween. Uh, and then I've made it my goal, and I want to ask you to make it your goal to invite five people a week. Invite five people to join you every week. And so here's what that looks like. Um, you think about somebody who needs to come to church and you send them a text. Hey, I was thinking about you. I'd love for you to come check out this church I'm part of. That's one person. You're in Starbucks, talking to the barista, or you meet somebody, you overhear a conversation. 
hey, I'm part of this church. Um, here, can you, uh, do you have a phone? Or I heard you were talking about looking for a church or something like that. Do you have your phone here? Go ahead and scan um, this QR code, and it'll take you to our church. That's another person that you just invited. Um, so I'm going to ask you to invite five people every week. And it can be the same people, right? right? It doesn't have to be a new person every time. It doesn't have to be five new people every week. Uh, some people, it takes multiple times of you inviting them to, for them to finally come. This guy, Brent, he's uh, been coming to our guys' night. And uh, I met him at the gym because I went into the gym trying to be intentional to meet people. And I saw him a lot. And I went up to him. I said, uh, hey, I've seen you here a lot. What's your name? And this guy's name. And then I said, I'm James because that's who I am. And uh, every time I saw him afterwards, I said, hey, what's up? And then as we had something coming up in church, the way that I approached him was I said, uh, hey, I don't know what you think about God or church or anything like that, but um, Easter's coming up, and uh, I just want to invite you to come to our church. And I gave him an invite card. And uh, every time we had an event coming up, we had burgers and bourbon here. Um, hey, we got this event coming up. You should come check it out. Uh, when I was starting this guy's night, I sent him a text. Hey, I'm starting this guy's night with whiskey and cigars. You should come. And he came, right? But it took multiple times. So as I reach out to Brent one week, he's, my, he's one person. And then if I reach out to him four weeks later, he's my one person that week. And if I reach out to him again, you know, he, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to invite five people every single week. And I believe God is going to put people in your life. I believe he already puts people in our lives and our paths that if we would just open our eyes and be intentional, um, we would see them. And this really hit home for me uh, in January of this past year. So I did this um, thing called 75 hard. Uh, and there's three different phases after completing 75 hard. And uh, the final phase, phase three, was uh, one of the things I had to do every day for 30 days is I had to meet somebody new. And that's really tough for me. Um, and if I didn't meet somebody new, then I failed. Uh, so every day I woke up and that was like on my list. I was like, I gotta meet somebody. <laughs> and there was a time I remember, like I hadn't met somebody that day and uh, it was getting late. And so I went to Walmart late at night, like 10 o'clock at night, day's almost over. I gotta meet somebody. And so I'm like walking around Walmart and I'm like, I'm not leaving till I meet somebody. And uh, the guy who's stocking the shelves was there. Uh, I think his name was John. I don't know. I forget now, but I met him. But he was stocking the shelves and I had to meet him. I had to check this off. And so I struck up a conversation with him. I was like, man, the, uh, there is not a lot of stuff on the shelves, huh? Is there like a... Is there like a shortage or something? He was like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Blah, blah. Oh, okay, let's go. Hey, what's your name? John. Oh, okay, nice. Good to meet you. Well, thanks. I met somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I had to. I want to encourage you this week, leading up to next week, who are your five people? Send them a text. Send them a post that we have. Hey, I've been thinking about you. Here's what our church has coming up. Why don't you check this out? It's that simple. Uh, if, if all of us invite five people every week, do you think we could see at least nine first-time guests next Sunday? I think so. If all of us invite five people every week, do you think we could see 100 first-time guests come to our church by the end of the year? 
I think so. And I'm not going to be calling you up and be like, hey, did you invite your five people? Like, this is something, again, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were fired up. They were passionate. They were pumped up. It's like, I am part of something great, and I want to share this with people. I want to get the word out. So it's going to take all of us going all in and just saying, I, okay, it's a challenge for me. It's a stretch for me. I got to get outside my comfort zone. I actually don't want to do this, but I know I need to do it because I don't want to do it. And if I do it, it's going to help me. It's going to grow me. It's going to make me better. So this week, five people, right? Because what would happen if at the end of this year when we do our Christmas Eve service, by the way, we're going to do a Christmas Eve service, Christmas Eve, um, that's, that's Saturday morning. And the reason why we're doing a Christmas Eve service is because Christmas Eve and Easter are the two holidays that people who don't go to church will come to church if you just ask them. And so we're doing a Christmas Eve service not to have a children's candlelit cantata or anything like that, but it's to help people meet Jesus and journey with Him. And you got people in your life who won't come to church, but they'll come because it's Christmas Eve and you asked them. And so we're going to do Christmas Eve. And what I'm going to ask you to do, we're a brand new church. You got your own traditions and routines and everything. What I'm going to ask you to do is make Christmas Eve part of your tradition and routine where you say, before I do anything, I'm, I'm going to do a bunch of different stuff on Christmas and Christmas Eve. But one of the things that I will not sacrifice is being in God's house on Christmas Eve. And so I'm going to make it a priority to be at church that day. And I'm going to make it a priority not just to be there, but to bring people who need to meet Jesus and journey with Him. And so we're going to do Christmas Eve. Um, but what would it be like if, because you start this week inviting your friend, who's going to tell you no, they're not going to come to church. What if you didn't give up on them and you invited them again three weeks from now? And then two weeks after that, and then a week after that, and on Christmas Eve, they said, fine, I'll come to your stupid church. <laughs> and they showed up, and they realized, like, man, I wish I was there sooner. What if they show up and they realize that there's a God who loves them? and has called them by name and has a plan and a purpose for their life and you already know that about them. That's why you couldn't shut up about it. That's why you, you heard this, this talk and you were like, okay, I gotta do something about it because I know people who don't have hope. I know people who need peace and if I could just get them there, if I could just tell them come and see, they would discover that the thing that they need most, the thing they've been searching for has been what I've found. Like, what would it be like if your friend came on Christmas Eve, multiple friends, people in your family, and they made that decision to say yes to Jesus and they got baptized into Him? Can I just tell you, that's not going to happen unless you say something. That's, that's not going to happen at all unless you spread the word unless you share with them the hope that you have. And so this week coming up, who are five people? 
who need to be in service on Sunday. And then the week after that. And then the week after that. Because I believe God wants to add to our number. But that won't happen unless we say something. So, as we wrap up, I just want to give you uh, some simple ways to, to invite. First, uh, if you just download our app, on our app, when you tap on it, and you just scroll right on that first screen, there's a big graphic that says invite someone. You just tap that, and then a QR code comes up, and you could just show that to somebody with their phone and say, hey, here's my church, check it out. They scan it, and it'll um, take them to our website. So that's it. I mean, there's an invite tool for you. We have uh, invite cards um, that are at the Connect area. Um, and so pick some up this Sunday. We also have uh, decals that you can put on the back of your car. Um, grab one of those, put on the back of your car. So when you drive around, people start seeing Journey Church. The thing with advertising and marketing is when people see uh, a Google ad or a, um, a social media ad, and then they see that sticker on the back of your car, and then um, they see uh, Post that's shared and then they see you check in on Sunday morning what happens is people start to see journey all over the place and they're like what is it with this church why do I keep seeing it maybe and then they just show up because I think I'm supposed to because I keep seeing this everywhere but we got to share it we got to spread the word so that's an easy way to do it get an invite um, or download the app a way for you to invite people is right there uh, another thing is um, as you talk with people uh, don't feel the need to argue with them or answer their questions. You're just sharing with them what God is doing in your life. So Marissa, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's a great example. Uh, we've all experienced this. Maybe you're trying to talk with somebody about your faith and they say, well, I, I don't believe or whatever. Your response to that is, oh, that's no problem. I didn't believe either. Right? That's fine. I, I, yeah, there was a time I didn't believe either. <laughs> and so, so that's okay. Um, and then, and then just, just keep talking, right? Um, as you talk with somebody, just invite them to come and see. Come and see. Hey, I'm part of this church I was singing about you. Would you, would you come and see? I'm, I'm part of this church I was singing about you. Would you sit with me this Sunday? Um, that's it. That's all you got to do. Come and see. Sit with me. And uh, don't feel the need to argue or, or anything like that. Just meet people right where they are. Oh, I don't really go to church. Oh, it's okay. I didn't either. And then I started. I don't really believe in God. Oh, no problem. Me either. I didn't, but now I do. And so after this, uh, we took questions from people who were present and concluded uh, our meetup. So uh, this is where we are headed. A hundred first-time guests by the end of the year because... Um, this is just the beginning of what I believe is a big vision God has for our church and for Journey. You know, there's half a million people in the city of Virginia Beach. And uh, listen, I don't, I don't want to be greedy. Let's not be greedy. What if we just reach 1% of those people? That's 5,000 people. Just 1% of 500,000 people. And to do that, it means that we cannot keep 
the hope and the love and the joy that we've experienced secret. We cannot be the best kept secret in the city of Virginia Beach. And so uh, with this initiative, we're going to spread the word uh, so that people will meet Jesus and journey with him.